You are listening to the Be The Bridge podcast with Latasha Morrison. How are you guys doing today? It's exciting. Each week, Be The Bridge podcast tackles subjects related to race and culture with the goal of bringing understanding. But I'm going to do it in the spirit of love. We believe understanding can move us toward racial healing, racial equity, and racial unity. Latasha Morrison is the founder of Be The Bridge, which is an organization responding to racial brokenness and systemic injustice in our world. This podcast is an extension of our vision to make sure people are no longer conditioned by a racialized society, but grounded in truth. If you have not hit the subscribe button, please do so now. Without further ado, let's begin today's podcast. Oh, and stick around for some important information at the end. Well, hello, Be The Bridge family. I am here with um, some of my favorite people and some new favorite people. You know, everybody's my favorite people, you know. I know you feel really special when I say that. But I am here with uh, Brian, Mariah, and Annie. And we're going to talk about... um, a new group that we started with Be The Bridge last year, which is for ministry leaders. So this is for people who are leading in ministry and um, doing bridge building work or either um, leading Be The Bridge groups. And so we started this group and we thought it would have, you know, maybe maybe 50 people in it. We, you know, we're like, you know, we just need to have a place where, you know, pastors and um, leaders from the church can go and, you know, and just really, you know, ask questions and um, really dig a little deeper. And so we were thinking maybe like 50 people. So um, Mariah actually took on this task. And actually a lot of it was Mariah's idea. You know how at first when someone thinks of something, you're like, oh yeah, and it's a good idea. And you like claim that idea, but I'm not like that. So this was like Mariah's idea. (laughs) I dreamed about it, but I never started it, you know? And so we tell people when they have an idea, you know, we're like, oh yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Are you going to do it? But some people like for you, they come to you with this great idea thinking you're going to do it, but it's like, uh, no, but you're going to do it, you know? And so we thought it would be like 50 people, right? And um, Mariah, how many people are in the group now? Around 1,600. 1,600. From 50 to 1,600. And this is the thing. When I first started um, Be The Bridge, um, the Facebook group, the original Facebook group, I remember we would get to 15. When we finally made it to 1,500, which was really quick, I was like, okay, we can close it now. Like, I don't want any more people. And then I would tell them, okay, we're going to close it once it gets to 3,000. Then I, then I'm like, okay, we need to close it once it gets to 5,000 because we're not going to be able to handle that. So we need to close it. And this thing is now over like 75,000. I'm like, okay, we're going to close it when it gets to 100,000. <laughs> We're going to, I keep, the number keeps going up. You know, it's scary because you have to have a lot of, in order to keep it healthy and to create this healthy learning environment, you have to have monitors. You have have to have um, admins and moderators and then making sure people are there for the right reasons, you know? And so um, I have not done any leading in this group, uh, Mariah, and I hope. Mariah has a team. (laughs) Um, She's been in this group holding it down. 
And I want her, you know, but I really think this is important because ultimately one of the reasons um, for starting Be The Bridge was because I really wanted to see um, the church, um, the body of Christ, to be more of a credible witness in this conversation. When you're looking, when you're looking for answers, you, you know, my, and my naive heart, <laughs> I, I think, you know, you're supposed to be, be able to look at people of faith, you know, followers of Jesus, you know, um, you know, people make up the church and I know people are broken. And, um, and, and, and so we wanted to provide this, um, community where people can kind of learn and to grow. And so that's the heart behind this. It's like, I want the church to be the headlights in this conversation, but we have continued to be the taillights. And if we can create an environment where we can kind of pull the layers that back, with those who really, truly want to engage this and really want to um, reshape the places that they intersect and they want um, the church to be about, um, you know, um, the gospel, um, the full gospel, um, then I think this is a part of the conversation too, you know? And so, um, especially when the, the world is in so much pain right now and people are looking for answers and they can't, sadly they can't turn to a lot of people of faith, you know, they can't turn to a lot of churches. And so we want to kind of create a different narrative. And at least we can say we've done our part, you know, and it's not to say that it's a perfect work, but just a place where um, people can get a deeper understanding in in, in a more brave um, space. I don't want to say safe space, you know how that is, uh, but um, just more of a brave space where we come in to to be courageous because sometimes people don't know because they don't have the information. Um, but when they're provided the information, they do better. And so, um, Mariah, what has the, you know, why do you think this group is important and what has the group been like, um, since starting it? It's been about one year, right? Yeah. One year okay. in, um, early June of 2020. Okay. And so, you know, we what is actually... the temperature like? Go ahead. What is the temperature like? <laughs> the temperature is good. You know, for having 1,600 roughly people who are involved in ministry, they're behaving really well. Really? I mean, you know how, you know how, wow. you know how staff can be. You know, sometimes it can just you never know what's going to happen, and uh-huh. people the the environment in there is, I think, really healthy and encouraging. And okay. I've I've been so pleased with how the group has gone. I have high hopes for where it's going. And I just really wasn't sure of what it was going to be like. And over the past year, it has been really good. And I I think it's really been beneficial. And, you know, this started, I think mid-May, maybe I reached out and said, hey, we need to have a Be The Bridge ministry or something for pastors. And you're like, put something together and and send it to me. I was like, I've got it together because I've got it all planned out. Send it to you. You said, awesome. Find yourself a team. I'm like, dad gum, you know, Tasha. So it was one of those things. And you're like, get it together. Let's get, you know, let's get a sort of uh, idea of long-term what we want to do. And let's work on it for the fall or, you know, the end of 2020, let's launch this thing. I was like, perfect. You know, that that's great. And then I think it was maybe a week, 10 days later that the uh, murder of George Floyd happened. And instantly 
there was a shift. Obviously, we were aware of this, but there was a shift in the church as well. And the pew began to um, be more demanding almost of, we need to have this conversation. And so your congregants were becoming very aware, probably for the first time, or this was their push to really take more movement forward. And so we had thousands of pastoral leadership in churches all over the U.S. and beyond. But, you know, in the U.S., that in a matter of days, we're expected to talk about this behind the pulpit. And when they themselves had not taken those steps to be aware, they had not taken those steps forward in educating themselves, being part of um, that process already. And so we can't fast track the work. We know this, but there was this expectation for pastors to be on the fast track, to become racially aware and start focusing on conciliation and reconciliation and, and be prepared to answer questions from congregants and be prepared to stand behind a pulpit and talk about the gospel in a truer way that included this sort of topic and, and this aspect of the gospel. And they just weren't ready and many were. I mean, there's always the the others, but I think the majority, especially within the Be the Bridge group. And so just as the Be the Bridge groups had this influx of literal thousands of new members, we had an influx of pastoral leadership as well. And so we saw them as we were approving members. You see what they are part of and you see their Facebook profile and you can see you know, if they're a part of a, a church or a pastor or whatever they've mentioned just on those preview sections. And so we saw this urgency. And so the fall became too late. You know, the end of 2020 was going to be too far down the road. Everything got pushed up. And so you texted me and said, hey, about this ministry group. I was like, yes, you know, tell me. He said, how, how long will it take you to get a, a group up and running? I said, well, technically like 15 minutes, but we have no program to get the group up and running. And you're like, that will come, get them in a group, you know? And you're like, because they, they need a place. Yes, you build it and they will come. You know, the, the wise words, yes, the wise words of Tasha Morrison. And so you just don't say no. And I was like, we do, we, we need this. And he said, get it up and running, give them a space to come to. Because one thing, the reason why I felt like we needed a space just for pastors was there's certain lingo that you talk about and that you use, and there's certain terminology and that just your, your congregant, your, your normal every Sunday congregant are not going to be aware of. And so a lot of times that gets missed by the congregant. And so there's a lot of assumptions there. And so I, you know, I've got a, I've got a heart for the American church and for me to have a desire for the American church to change, I need to be able to also have a heart for those who are leading the American church. And so it's like, I need to be able to provide a space. So, but we got this group in and I really did. I, you know, we talked about, it's like 50 would be so awesome. I, you know, just a, just a solid group that we can work with. Well, it was like 74 in the first 15 minutes. And I was like, what, what's, what's happening? And what do I say? You know, what do I say? And what do I do? And um, it just started happening. And it was great because they just need, they just had a space where they felt like these are people that I can talk to and make the mistakes in front of, because I'd, I'm not leading anybody in the space. I'm not having to um, counsel anybody or walk anybody through this. This is where a space where I can be the receiver of that. 
And so that was really what the purpose was because um, they don't do that in the main group. Our pastoral leadership, they're not active in the main group. They're there and they're reacting, but they're not commenting and they're not engaging because it's, it's not that environment. You know, we don't, they know that that is not necessarily accepted in that environment. And people can get embarrassed. You know, people can get embarrassed because, you know, as a pastor or leader, you, you feel like, well, kind of pride tells you that, um, that you should know all of this. And so sometimes you can, try to fake it without doing the work. And we've seen the missteps of so many pastors where it's like, clearly you are not doing the work if you just said that, you know? And so um, that happens. And so my heart is, I don't want that to happen to anyone because, you know, this is the thing. We are all on the same team, you know, and I want you to be a credible witness. We know that the love that we have for one another points people to God. And so like, so I, your winning also means that we all win. So it's not, you know, and so when I see that happening, I'm like, oh, shh, 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 shh. like, you know, like, you know, and, and, and I think a lot of times pastors are on the, uh, a different side of this conversation because, um, they don't know and they don't know if they're used to being pioneers and stuff or if they're used to, you know, having the answers. This is a hard thing. You know, um, I was on staff at a church for many, many years. This this Be The Bridge started while I was on staff um, at a church and I had crazy things that were said. I mean, just even some things where you kind of go back and you you're like, oh yeah, they did say that to me, or this was said, and you're like, oh my goodness, like, you know, but and at the time it was bad, but when you think about it, man, that was really bad, and Lord, you gave me a lot of grace for that person in that moment, you know? Um, so I think, you know, creating, creating these brave spaces for those who want to learn, like for those who joined that original group, and they're like, you know what, I need I need to go deeper. I want to ask questions and, and and for us to create something else for that space, um, for people to do that um, and for people to sign up and do that, that shows you that they're serious because this work starts with humility. You know, it, it does. And so you have to have humility. So um, we have some um, incredible people, Brian and Annie, um, how did you find out about the group? How did you land there? Um, did Mariah drag you in there? How how did you guys find out about this ministry group? And uh, why are you there? And you know, and what have you learned? Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, we we are so first. We're just so grateful. Like even hearing like how that started. Like we were those pastors. We were those pastors with that moment when we're, I mean, we're all online. It's COVID. George Floyd is murdered. We are like, whoa, we absolutely, God totally cares about this. We have to figure out how to communicate, how to lead our people. It was so, It and you know, we felt late to the game. We felt like we don't, we haven't been doing racial reconciliation work. We, this hasn't been on our radar it was a major moment of humility when we, um, I remember for me and, um, I reached out to a black pastor I knew of in Portland, Oregon, Michelle Jones. And she said, read the book, be the bridge by Latasha Morrison. And I said, I'm going to do whatever you say. I'm going to look to black leaders right now, especially black pastoral leaders. 
And so I got your book and started reading and, um, and then just started seeing all the resources and like, you know, kind of falling forward in the beautiful, rich environment you guys have created. It was really, really cool. Michelle Jones. Okay, Michelle. Out <laughs> yeah. here in Michelle these streets repping Be the Bridge. She's <laughs> in you Portland, guys Oregon are... <laughs> at Imago Day. She's awesome. Okay, okay. Uh, uh, wait a minute. <clears throat> I just was at Imago Day. <laughs> I just oh, did a yeah. training at Imago Day. In Portland, Oregon. Uh, in Portland, Oregon, for yeah. um, we they were using their building, Imago Day's building, but it was for um a, a company um that does like um some foster care stuff. Yeah, so we actually met in their building. So you need to let her know that I was. How at her did I, we miss that? I'm so. <laughs> I was in offended. Portland, Oregon. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna call her because <laughs> you guys are in Vancouver. So how far? Right. How far is Vancouver um from? It's right wow. across the river. So, oh, really? Okay. Columbia River separates Oregon and Washington, and Vancouver and Portland are right across from each other. Oh, and our I church is 19 streets up from the river. Yeah. 19. Really? Yeah. I'm yeah. really bad at, at geography. I did not realize I was that close to Washington. <laughs> <laughs> you were. You couldn't have been that close. Oh, Most God. people don't. I'm, so, yeah. I'm going to give I Michelle such a hard there. time. <laughs> I love it out there. Um, <laughs> Um, Africa New Life brought me out there um, last year, right before the pandemic, before like that February, before everything like like hit the fan, you know, uh, we went out there and um, they were so generous because what they did, we did a train. We came out there to do a training for them, um, but we actually ended up they wanted to really share this work with all of, you know, Oregon, Portland. And so they invited in a lot of other nonprofits, organizations. And so they said, we're going to do this luncheon. We're going to sponsor it. We're having it at this event. You guys, I was thinking like, you know, 20 people are going to be at this luncheon. I'm thinking luncheon. It was like over 200 people, 200, 200 groups that came to this event. And um, from that, you know, we have gotten um, some training opportunities and different things. And we made a lot of contacts out there in Oregon. Um, Oregon is different, you know, but it's like, yes, it's, it's, it's definitely needed. And so you're out there and you found this out. Um, so you yes. guys were already in the larger Facebook group. Yes, that's actually Brian and I were talking about that. Brian, do you want to, um, you were yeah, saying I, like, was... I found it and then I, and then he jumped in. Okay. Yeah, I was a little bit later than Annie was. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, you know, I spent the summer just trying to listen and read. And, uh, and of course, I was posting and sharing and that kind of thing. And I think it was probably about September, August or September 2020, uh, I had a fellow Facebook friend. Um, she just said, hey, I see what you're doing and see what you're wrestling with. You should be a part of the Be the Bridge. And I was like, what is that? And, and so she said figured out how to send me an invite. And so then I got in and I don't remember how soon after that, Mariah, you sent me an invite saying, Hey, it looks like you're a pastor. You should be a part of this ministry group. And yeah, I, I stalk new pastors when they come into the group. If I see, and I, I DM them go and I, I make team, them join. Go. <laughs> yeah. Look at the uh, team. And now he's sitting up here. You guys <laughs> right. can't see him, but he has on a, I am a bridge builder shirt. That's right. He is like right. legit now, <laughs> <laughs> but I love that. I love it. And that's, you know, that is what Be The Bridge is here for. It's that own ramping, you know, for people who are aware and they've acknowledged and now they're like, hey, I want to be a part of the solution, but I don't know where to begin and I don't know 
where to start and, you know, and, and be the bridge. We're not trying to convince people of stuff. We want you to come already convinced and ready to, to, to do the work and ready to replicate and reproduce, um, the work. So what, what kind of things are happening, um, you know, in the, um, the group and like, uh, we have this, um, a lot of our foundation for be the bridge is based on scripture. Like, you know, like this is something, you know, um, you know, reading John 17, you know, that, that is some of that, but then we can go to Galatians, then we can go to Ephesians, then we can go to Genesis (laughs) revelation. Like, I mean, it's, all throughout, I mean, every story that I, I read, because once you can see, you can't unsee, you know, everything that you see in the thread of justice and righteousness um, throughout all of that. And that is like the the greatest expression of that is the, the work of um, reconciliation. And so, um, you know, we believe that this is definitely kingdom work, that this is gospel work. Um you know, what, what are some things that you guys are seeing differently? Um, do you want to go first, Annie? Oh, sure. Um, I think the, what is really cool about the Be The Bridge ministry group is it's helped us, like you guys were talking about, about pastors, about how they kind of sometimes need a little bit of like a safe space of like, cause it can feel vulnerable as you're leading people. Um, so I think seeing things differently, like has, watching other pastors make mistakes or say really what we maybe think is <laughs> cringy things that maybe we would say, you know what I mean? Like we can hear other people say things and we can go, oh, that doesn't seem seem quite right. The other thing that is like the admins in the groups, like it's so nice to be able to trust them to call out either like white centering or white supremacy or like any like any of the things that we have to like, we had to relearn or learn differently. Um, we had to be really aware of like the status of learner, you know what I mean? Um, so that was really cool. Like Brian, you were mentioning about how we have to be quiet for three months in the, in the be the bridge group. And it's like, that's such a beautiful, humbling experience to just be like, you just need to come listen and shut up. Like you don't, you don't get to say anything and and you're going to soak in, you're going to take in. And that's been, that's been one like really big um, thing for me and in all the be the bridge, like material that we've been doing, learning, learning how to learn from black leaders, learning how to learn you know, a lot. Um, <laughs> there was a, there was something recently, I, Mariah, I think you may have shared something in the ministry group and then somebody else commented and then I liked the comment, and then I saw your response to his comment, which you were basically calling out like the the racism in his comment and the kind of the insensitivity of it. And then later, kindly, kindly, yeah, oh yeah, very kindly, like in super Christian kindly. Love, let's add that, <laughs> and, Brian. Absolutely, yes, in Christian love, absolutely. And then Annie texted me. She was like, "Hey, I don't know if you meant to, but you liked his comment, and you need to unlike it now." Like. And so then I looked at it and reread it and I was like, oh my gosh, like, like I can't not see what Mariah has just pointed out. And so I'm like, yes. ah, how do I, you know, undo this? It's, so it's, I, but that's the kind of space that it is. Like it's, it is, it is a place to, for lack of a better word, fail. It is a lack, it is a place to make mistakes, 
It is a place for us to, again, be educated um, and trained and discipled and and relearn. And I and I think that that's that's the thing that feels like different. Like I I did not look at the Bible through a racial lens prior to George Floyd being murdered. And that that is, I would say, is something I missed out on because it very clearly is an aspect uh, from of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. I wouldn't have known how, and, I, and I'm still learning how to see it through a racial lens because it's not, it's not an unconscious, natural thing for me. I, I haven't been trained in that, that mentality. And so even just hearing how and reading how you utilize scripture in your book and in your podcasts and, and, uh, and many of the other resources, it's a, it's a retraining so that like, uh, now when we preach, we're not, we don't, uh, preach on the topic of racism. We're not going to now do a series on racial reconciliation. Instead, we want it to influence uh, how we preach, just like we let anything influence how we preach. So that we're always on the lookout for whatever any passage of Scripture is meant to bring out about life with God and life with each other. And now we get to go, oh, right, racism is a place of spiritual formation just as much as every other area of life and is a sin that needs to be called out, confessed in humility and repented from and, and repaired. Yeah. And I know Mariah's gonna, she's going to chime in here in a minute, but one of the things like there's so many, I love these podcasts because we all always have these teachable moments. And one of the things I would say is like, and it's a lot of times when I'm talking to my white brothers and sisters is, you know, it's like you're reading now scripture, not through like this Western lens or this Actually, you are reading it through a racial lens, but not an inclusive lens. So you're reading it like through this, through a white lens, you know? And so now when you take off and you um, put on these new glasses that is like with with where you can see all this inclusion and, and, and sometimes the history even behind all of this, it, it actually helps scripture come more alive when you, it, even the cultural context of it too. Absolutely. Um, come more alive. And that's what I think had, has happened. Like, you know, when you realize, okay, oh, this person was a Canaanite or this was like, you know, like thinking about like, these are <clears throat> nations and tribes that the Bible is talking about, you know, and, and, and really looking, um, differently at scripture. So that's so good that, you know, and, and I mean, you guys are just really a year into this. So I think it's hopeful for other people who are hearing this because sometimes they hear people that are on level 10, you know, like this is your one year in, you're making mistakes. You're liking stuff you ain't supposed to be liking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think you, you like that, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You get Andy's calling you, telling you to change your life. <laughs> and Mariah is in a very nice way, you know, correcting, you know. Yeah. So, uh, Mariah, what have you seen, um, you know, um, in this group, I mean, because it's a tough, like, this is like, I know, I remember when starting this and it's like, nobody didn't want to be in there. <laughs> nobody. 
<laughs> Nobody. Nobody. Everybody left me high and dry um, with this group. With this with group. With this group. With this group. Wow. Incredible insights. Don't go anywhere. We're going to pause for a quick moment and we'll be right back. Friends, life is hard, and sometimes we need a little help. Navigating the stress of sudden changes in income, health complications, and or the loss of someone close can be overwhelming. Not to mention the stress of the tense time of political and social disharmony. Honestly, at this time, we all could use a little help. Well, guess what? There is help. There's help through betterhelp.com. That's better, H-E-L-P. BetterHelp.com makes professional counseling. It makes it accessible, affordable, and convenient for anyone who may be currently struggling with life's challenges. If that's you, you can get help anytime, anywhere. BetterHelp.com offers access to licensed, trained, and experienced and accredited psychologists, marriage and family therapists, clinical social workers, and board licensed professional counselors. We want you to start living a happier life today as a listener. And as a Be The Bridge listener, you'll get 10% off of your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash be the bridge. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash be the bridge. So you can join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. You guys, it's a difficult time and we need these tools and we need a little help to encourage us on the way through betterhelp.com. Carlos Whitaker is an author, a speaker, a moment maker, spider killer, and a hope dealer. People's Choice Award winner, a former recording artist signed to a major label. A social media maven, he currently spends the majority of his time writing books and speaking on stages across the world. It really began when the Whitakers found their family in America spotlight with appearances on shows like CBS Early Morning, The Today Show, and more when their viral video, Single Ladies Devastation, went viral. But for Carlos, his wife, Heather, and their three children, this viral moment was just a snapshot of a bigger picture. In a time where humanity is desperate to find hope, Carlos Whitaker leads us in conversations that bring us just that. From fun discussions about everyday joy to polarizing and challenging topics, Carlos shows even the most calloused heart that there is still hope in humanity. His episodes are released every Thursday. And for more information, you can follow him at Low Sweat on Insta and carloswhitaker.com. Thanks for staying with us. Let's get back to our conversation. To the defense of so many people who work with uh, Be The Bridge and, and volunteer with Be The Bridge is a lot of us are coming from um, church hurt. And so that was another reason why I felt like, you know, being being in um, a minister's family myself, um, I felt like I could be the one that could kind of come in um, because I understand the people who have been hurt by church. And I also understand the back end um, of a the pastor's pressure. And so... Um, I don't blame them for not wanting to jump in and help out with this group. Um, but it, it definitely was something that even became more aware for me, you know, even the ones who are, you know, further down the road, you know, much, much further down the road than so many others, you know, as educators, we're still going through a lot of the um, hurt that we've had um, generationally and personally. I think one of the things that um, Brian has mentioned before, and you kind of 
hinted at it a little bit earlier is this like idea of what has been natural for you and now you're thinking intentionally. And I think it's important to recognize that even for people who understand the Bible so well and we've studied it and we've done the papers on it and we know how to exegete and we all the all the words and all the things is some of these things when it comes to um, racialized issues is um, we're never going to become naturally thinking on some of this stuff. We we are going to stay this intentionality with some of our biases. Um, like what you, you talked about, I think I mentioned, I brought forth a bias um, that the commenter had in that specific post. And it wasn't this overt racist action, but it was definitely a, a high level microaggression, if anything. And so I think that's one of the things it's, we always have to be intentional. And I think that's one of the things I'm seeing in this group that I've been so encouraged by. I mean, I, this work can be so wearing and it brings you down and it makes you tired and frustrated so often. And I almost expected this group to be even more so. I thought I was going to have to, come on, pastors, let's get it together, you know? And you guys have really, guys and gals, I think I've talked about before how I say guys, but I mean men and women, um, have really come to the come to the plate and said, I'm, I'm ready for some difficult conversations and I'm ready for some work. And we've shared experiences of other BIPOC staff and we've kept those anonymous. We've talked about issues. Um, so it's not even just what your congregants are going through. We're talking about what BIPOC staff are going through. And that's been a challenge because, you know, like Brian and Annie, you're both on staff. And so if one of you were a person of color coming in and saying, I'm actually struggling with some of this personally, but I have my senior pastor who's also in the group, or I have staff members who are in the group, how do I navigate that? So I, I work with people in a DM kind of level where I'm kind of walking them through And so now I've kind of reached out to some of them and said, once you're ready, share your story with me. And if it's okay with you, I will share your story, change specifics, regions, any way that it can kind of be caught on to. And I'll share your story with the group because it's not only what the congregants going through, it's also what your fellow staff members are going through if they're of the BIPOC community. And so I think that was really important to, to, um, mentioned for this group as we're working on a staff level and we're working on how they can relate to, to congregants. And like Tasha talked about, you know, we do, you know, we're foundationally scriptural, you know, that's, that's our foundation. We're very clear about that. Um, And so there's this mindset over the generations and over the years that we've developed and that now we're we're coming to head on on face to face with that mindset. So, you guys both joined I think last August. So you're a year in of this racial awareness and reconciliation need. So one of the things that we talk about is this is not only your dual. So it's not only what you're doing individually, but how you're also implementing that into the to the church. But how have you changed in the past year? Um, as individuals, what, what has been the most, you've talked before about 
how Be the Bridge has walked through, that the guides have really helped you navigate this work and the resources we provided have really helped you navigate this work. And that's not specific to the ministry group. That's the main group as well. So how has, you know, Be the Bridge kind of come along um, to encourage you and provide information that has kind of changed over the past year? Um, I, I would say for me, like, I, and I, I hate you keep using this event because I don't want to be disrespectful in any way to George Floyd's surviving family and friends. But unfortunately, like that was the cataclysmic moment for me of going, something's not right. And something has not been right for a very long time. And I have clearly a lot of catch up to do to figure out what the heck is going on. So fast forward to now, I would say like Be The Bridge has been a a primary resource for other resources, not just the ones it provides, but going on to other resources, uh, even even other uh, racial justice activists like Jamar Tisby and Dominique Killiard and Austin Channing Brown and and so on. Um, And (laughs) right. Yeah, no, they're they're fantastic. They're, They're just brilliant. And. And so I think, I think there's a sense now I, I'm not afraid to ask a question that a year ago I wouldn't have even known to ask. I wouldn't have even thought to ask. And, and the question is, how racist am I? And it's, it's s- still scary, sure, but it's, it's safe with God to ask the question, how racist am I? If David can write a psalm that says, search me and know me, O God, and see if there is any offensive or anxious way in me, then it has to be safe to ask any question and, and, not, and not see that question as, oh, somebody's trying to shame me and make me feel bad that I'm white or that I should hate myself that I'm white. No, the question, like any other question of spiritual formation, is trying to get at the issue of sin so that it can be confessed, so that it can be repented from, so that it can be healed and redeemed and restored, and that reparation uh, can can go forward. Uh, so, so to be able to go, hey God, just like I would say, show me how lustful I am, how insulting I am, how conceited I am, how dishonest I am. Would you also show me how racist I am? Would you show me how classist I am? Would you show me how sexist I am? Because. Uh, I want to be able to see what you see. I want to be able to see where you want to change, where you want to heal, where you want to restore, uh, because I know we are called to be witnesses of your grace. And how can we be witnesses of your grace if we're unwilling to to let him point out the sin? Yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, along those same lines, it was uh, like, Latasha, your book is so generous and sweet and like it's just it it kind of like woos us into these hard conversations and hard topics and i think for for me like like you know we've talked about all the resources you guys have offered but um the seeing white podcast that you that's part of the units was like oh my gosh every word of that i was like i am seeing white now like i see how how white i am and how white, uh, it's almost like white barriers or white boundaries around what I was, what I was willing to see about myself. And so I've really 
got to like <laughs> have a lot more self-awareness around that. Brian's question works for him. And I like, <laughs> it's like, it like makes me panic. And, and yet, and yet it's like, uh, yeah, that's what it is. It's like, how do I, wow, God has made people all colors and all like this beautiful, and I, I always knew, cause I've done a lot of, um, like, you know, we're seminary educated, like we've done spiritual formation things. We've led spiritual formation retreats. So I've always known that like, I need to like look people of color in the eye and like welcome them into like, I always had like a strategy, but it wasn't like real. It wasn't like, I don't mean it wasn't real. It wasn't, it wasn't, it didn't take deep roots in my heart and in my soul to, to what, it didn't, it felt like a strategy for something I knew I should do. And, and through Be the Bridge and through all of the reading and the, and the listening and the, um, what we've been doing, I've been like, whoa, people of color, leaders of color, pastors of color, like, please like inform me, teach me, show me. I want to like, I want to specifically learn from if I'm seeing white do you know what I'm saying? If I, that, that whole picture of like all the white influence I have and all the white boxes and white boundaries I've, I've been stuck in, help me, help me see fuller God's glory in the Imago Day. When I think about all of the guides, units, whatever Facebook is allowing you to call them now, um, uh, I, I realize what, what, um, an extensive awareness gets created around uh, the legacy of white response, uh, yeah. the impact of that response, and and what would be helpful to do differently. Like uh, collectively, I think all of the guides can guide uh, white people like myself through through those three things. And I find that really, really helpful to be able to go, oh, right, this is how we're known for responding. And there's that, there's, nuances to that that can all be categorized in one kind of sense of of whiteness whether it's defensiveness or fragility or uh explaining away or uh, justifying um it there's uh rationalizing it all is that like it from i'm hearing that from your perspective it's typical it's stereotypical it's predictable and to go well it doesn't work we're this far into it and if this is our legacy, it's not working. So as a white person, I have to do something different. And especially then to hear about the impact, like, right, I'm not heard, I'm not seen, uh, I'm unnoticed. You're thinking, all, you're doing all the same things. And then I think one of the brilliant things that Be the Bridge does is it offers a different way. Like your 16 tips are so hard to read and so good. Like, you know, they're just like, uh, very uncomfortable, and yet they're also very simple. Like, believe the person who's speaking. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> and you go, oh right. In every other aspect of life, I practice that, but this one, I don't. So it's so I I have. It's embarrassing that I have to be told that that I have to read that, and yet it's good. It's it's what like I like reading through the sixteen tips. It, it's helpful. Um, and so there's a lot of stuff like that. I think that Be the Bridge just helps create extensive awareness so that, so that for those, like you said, who want to learn, truly can learn. Yeah. 
And it's really encouraged me to look for black pastors and, and reach out. Like I'm, I'm really good at making friends. And so it, it was so like eye opening to go like, Oh, you know, Oh, I'm going to call, I'm going to join the NAACP. I'm going to talk to people. I'm going to ask them like, Hey, what, what do you think? And, you know, one of the first things we did was, uh, the students actually wanted to do a car rally and I contacted the NAACP and said, Hey, what do you, what do you think we should do? And she said, talk to this black pastor. And I was like, duh, what a great idea. <laughs> and, you know, did that and right. he came and prayed. I mean, it was simple. Like, yeah. anyway. And then That's can so I say good. one more thing? Yes, go ahead. Can I, okay. So personally, as an individual, I'm a, I'm an adoptive parent of a Mexican American child and your transracial adoption curriculum it it blew me away. Like it was so, I can't tell you how helpful it was, like extremely specifically for me and my daughter, um, just to read through it and to go. And I always thought I was trying. And when I read it, I was like, oh my gosh, Noelle, is this how you feel? Like she's 14 now. And, and she was like, yeah. <laughs> I was just like, well, go oh Noel telling the truth. <laughs> I was like, Noel, guess what? You're in a white family. Just <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like, duh. <laughs> oh my God. Anyway. So, That's so good. Yeah. I'm yeah. so I'm so glad. You know what? Be the bridge tries to to do is really look at what's out there. Um, look where we are, and what do people need to hear? Where do people need to grow? What are the gaps? Like, you know, where where do people need a little more empathy? Where do we need to display a little more compassion? You know, and I think when we are creating. Um, um, resources, that is a display of compassion and empathy, you know, um, um, for those groups of people that need that material, um, you know, and so I know that was one the team has worked really hard on. But, you know, you talked about, um, you know, some of your catalytic moment being that of um, George Floyd. I, I know for me, you know, I, I had always had these conversations, but with other um, people of color, specifically other Black people. And, you know, but one of those catalytic moments for me, seeing that, hey, we... We are looking through different lens. This is not a universal experience was um, Trayvon Martin for me, you know. And so there are events that sometimes that where I heard, um, you know, this lady said, you know, like it's, there's this thing about, you know, shame and guilt and, and how, um, you know, really should lead us like towards like this lament, you know, this collective lament. Um, but really sometimes we, we, we bash like, you don't make me feel guilty. You don't make me feel ashamed. But sometimes like it's an alert to get our attention, to, to, to take us, to move us towards like more of a, 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 a deep sorrow where it brings about change. Um, and one of the things that as we talk about, you know, last year, but we can see, you know, just even a few months after, you know, we're, we're a year 
into this, you know. So last year, this time in August, there was just so many things that were brewing. There were a lot of marches, a lot of rallies, a lot of protests, a lot of stuff. I mean, um, I mean, we're polarized now, but it was even more polarization going, you know, into the election season. Just all these things were happening. Um, and then today, I, I see us one year later, and we're at this crossroads, and um, this crossroads of um, for some, that was an awakening. That was a, I call it a semi-awakening, <laughs> awakening, you know, it was like a semi-awakening, but for some, it moved, it moved you into action. Like for you guys, it moved you into action and you haven't looked back. It's been, I know it's been hard. Um, I know it's been difficult. You know, it's been very uncomfortable. Like if you're signing up for comfort, then you're not going to sign up for this, you know? And, and most people, they want to be comfortable, like anything, but just thinking about, where in scripture are any of God's people comfortable? You know what I'm saying? Like, so why do we think we're going to be any different, you know? Um, and so, um, so you're at this, this crossroads and there's this push to stop the conversation because it makes me uncomfortable or you're trying to shame and guilt me. Um, have you experienced this low tolerance of, this discussion on race, like how, how I want to know, even from Mariah, how it's been in the group. And I want to know how it's been in your congregation. Um, and, you know, and has this pushback been verbalized to you? Um, you know, we, we have seen, there are times where, um, I can tell like lately with this push to, to cease this conversation, that we tend to get quiet in the group. And it's not a quiet of, I just have nothing to say. You know, I no longer see this on my feed, so I'm just kind of inactive. It's this quiet of, I just, you know, they just don't know what to do. You know, there's this, there's this push. And it's, for, you know, for people who are so focused on representing what the Bible talks about and sharing that from the side of a pulpit to be told you're not, you're not doing this correctly or you're, what you're sharing is um, anti-Christian or anti-gospel. It, it kind of, I think it makes, I'm seeing it as you're sitting back and reflecting or you're just, how do I approach this now? Cause you know, it's a, a discussion that needs to happen, but you're getting all of this pushback and, so there is some some quietness in the group occasionally on that. And so I'll do a poll every now and then when I see that it's getting quiet. I'll say, hey, what's what's the temperature of the group? What are you struggling with? Are you not struggling? And I'll give some different options. And a lot of times it's, hey, things are going really well. Thanks for asking. And, you know, people jump back in and get engaged. And right now it is a I'm I'm dealing with things personally. You know, I'm I'm struggling. And so I'm kind of sitting back and staying still, or I'm getting a lot of pushback from, from my congregants and I'm navigating how to have those conversations because we, as so often as, you know, we, we're all aware we're involved in church that um, there's often, there's the money aspect as well that comes into play, you know? And so there's this, there's the struggle. And I want to make sure that we acknowledge that in the group and talk about those things. And, you know, 
even though there's different denominations represented in this group and different ways to go about ministry, there are some of those foundational things that we we do um, all have in common. And so we just try to address those. But it is a quiet time, I would say, over the past um, month, you know, of just taking a, a breather. You know, people are seeing it. They're just not as engaged. And so that's also a, a thing for me to be able to stick a, a pole in there and just get a temperature of the, the group. And so I think people are reeling right now personally and, and just dealing with some of this um, pushback that they're receiving. So, I mean, and, and Annie can, Brian can talk to that, but as someone who's on the outside looking in of, of a group who's focused on this, that's what I'm, I'm seeing right now. Yeah. There's, um, there's quite a bit of pushback. And <clears throat> honestly, um, one of the black pastors we talked to early on told us that that was going to happen. And I was like, oh, that's probably not true. <laughs> Believe black people. <laughs> Thank you. We yes. knew it was I, coming. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I did yeah. not believe it. Because I, I was so, I mean, I was, we were so, um, I don't know, inspired. And, and like the Holy Spirit was very, very, very much directing and alive within us. And we were like ready and we were excited to be like, we're going to learn, we're going to grow, we're going to repent, we're going to change some things, we're going to, and people were like, uh. Repent of what? <laughs> like, yeah. Repent of racism, of sin, <laughs> yeah. Of, yeah. Of, of white supremacy. I mean, I said all those words early on right. and now I'm like, ooh. <laughs> Sorry, you calling me a white supremacist? Oh my gosh, white fragility uh-huh. Uh-huh. is so uh-huh. real and white centering, and I mean, I do oh it. Oh my god, yeah. So it happens. Yeah. We see it every day. It's like, yeah, it's it's so funny because you know we we were at these marches, and you know we're like, it felt good, and you're like, okay, okay. <laughs> But you know it's coming. We know. I mean, if you know history, you know it's coming. And you're like, okay, okay. You know, you're like, yeah, at the march is like looking around, you know. But it's like we know. And I, I remember even one of a, um, a guy who's not even a Christian, and he was being interviewed, you know, after all of this was happening. And, you know, uh, people, you know, books flying off the shelves and just like this, this need to learn and to grow. And um, I remember him saying like, you guys are going to be surprised because he's, he could be very, a little bit pessimistic a little bit, but I remember him saying, I am hopeful. And I, it gripped my heart because that that was foreign for him. Like he was feeling something and sensing something. And he, and it was like, and I just have a heart for him. Like I prefer, like he, I just have a heart for this, this author. And he was just, you know, and you could see it in his face. Like, I don't even know how to bring words, but this is beautiful. And, um, and then to see, you know, like what has happened, but this is the thing. This is not to undo. You're always going to have pushback in everything. I mean, look at scripture. I mean, look at look at who pushed back on Jesus. Like, I mean, you know, um, you know. And so when we look at that, we, you know, a part of that is God still moves and works in the pushback, you know. And I think that's what we're seeing here um, and be the bridge and, and through this conversation with you, um, we're not perfect. The work is not perfect. You're not perfect, but God is still moving in the midst 
of the pushback and at the crossroads. And so, but there's a choice that you're making to continue to go forward in the conversation, or you can tend to make a choice to say, you know what, this isn't worth it. But then there's, then we have to examine our hearts and see, okay, we've created some idols somewhere. There's some sense somewhere. If we can't go forward in this conversation, to me that there's, there's some sin there where we care more about um, what people are going to think or finances and all those things. Like, because um, it all comes with the loss, but then it also comes with the gain, you know? So Brian, what what have you um, said, especially as, you know, a person at the top of the food chain there, <laughs> right. sir? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. No, um, uh, we've had, We've had people leave our church, people that we dearly love. Um, they say they say that we're being too political and then end up at churches that are known for telling you how to vote and who to vote for. And I, I still feel baffled by that as to how we're the ones being political. Um, at, or, uh, you know, I get uh, lots of communications about scripture and what scripture says and how it says. And uh, naturally, I, uh, well, maybe not naturally. I don't know. I feel defensive about that. I'm like, I know the Bible. I've been reading it a while. Um, you're not, you're not showing me scriptures I've never looked at before. So you must, you know, and then you start writing all of the negative stories. Like you must think I don't know the, you know, Bible. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. Right. And, or, uh, you know, hey, just preach about Jesus. And I'm like... Just um, preach I'm, the gospel. Yeah, just preach the gospel. And I'm we like, are. well, I am reading my Bible. I'm seeing what Jesus did and said. And I don't know how not to connect, you know, this... The, yeah, I don't, I don't know how not to. It, it seems so so clear to me. And, and when I do, then it's, well, you know, you've fallen into a narrative. You've fallen into a bias. You've fallen into... Why don't you, you know, listen to other voices? Are you open to listening to other voices? And I'm like, for most of my life, I have listened to one voice and I'm finally now listening to other voices. So it's, uh, it's, uh, the, the pushback is real for sure. Um, uh, there was a wall street journal article, um, uh, Mariah that you ended up recommending me for, and the reporter was wanting to talk with me. And so I answered those questions and we had a good conversation. And the the day after the article was published, we got a voicemail on our church phone from a guy in North Carolina telling me that I, that I just need to be preaching Jesus. And I was like, who are you? Like, <laughs> <laughs> on the other the side of, of the country. Yeah, right. Like, I don't, I mean, I'm a nobody, man. Is, I'm a nobody pastor at a nobody church in nowhere USA. And this, this That's is, true. this is nothing. This, I mean, this, nothing. It's, 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 yeah. it's surreal. It's uh, weird. Um, but it doesn't, it doesn't change anything for me. I, I, it's like you said earlier, I can't not see it now. Uh, in conversations, in relationships, in myself, um, there's just a, it's it's a, the the white normalizing, the white centering. It's it's real. It's ingrained, and 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 I think 
I think it gives new meaning to these Bible passages that talk about denying the sinful nature or, or there's, there's an enriched uh, breadth to love your neighbor as yourself and realizing, yeah, uh, white people, we're not, we're not loving our black and brown brothers and sisters well. We're not loving them as ourselves. That's not our legacy. And, and God, the kingdom of heaven, fortunately, has already written a new legacy to come. And as an act of faith, we are to live that out. We are to live that out now. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's tough. It's, uh, it's, I, I've gotten a taste of how tough it is. Yeah. We had one you couple even. Your neighbor as oh. yourself. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when you think about that, just the, you know, the power of that and the selflessness of that as yeah. yourself. Like, like I yeah. mean, hopefully right. we love ourselves. Like, so <laughs> right. anything that I wouldn't do for myself. I mean, think about that. Like, yeah. that's that's even another level of, that's beyond just loving your neighbor, but to love them as yourself. Yeah, that's right. You know, that's that's a whole nother um, mindset, you know? Yeah. You know? And Annie, you were about to say something. Oh, I'm sorry. Who was... Somebody was talking. I can't see. I'm looking <laughs> over my my um, sound buffer thing. <laughs> sorry. <Yeah. laughs> I was just going to say something. It's terrible, so I don't know. But... Just the people's responses. Uh, one that I thought I found it a little bit incredible was somebody was saying, hey, you guys really need to, you know, dial back any of the racial justice stuff that you're doing. Um, and you should talk to this, these people that go to our church, you know, because they'll tell you that racism doesn't exist. Like talk to these black people that go to our church because they'll, they'll tell you that racism doesn't exist. Right. And it was just one of those moments where my jaw just hit the floor. Like I was just like, well, we have talked to those people. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they gave they us instance us. after instance of how they've experienced it in our church. In our church. <laughs> right. Right. So and I was go, just like, you're going to use... Anyway, it's yeah. it's so hard. We do love these people. They are very yeah. dear yeah. to us. And yeah. it's heartbreaking. It's really hard yeah. to be like, oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. This is a big one. It work. is heartbreaking. And, and, you know, one of the things I realized is that everybody's not going to get it. And some people remembering when also you didn't get it, you know. Right, yes. And so uh, remembering when you didn't get it and how something something happened and i think what i when i know it's a good work and it's a deep work and that you know you're not going to be tossed by every wind or every um pushback is when it becomes conviction for you and what i'm sitting and hearing is that this is a conviction and when i talk to pastors or when i talk to leaders um even churches that i've been a part of when it's not a conviction, I know that the moment that a naysayer or someone comes, you know, they're like, okay, I'm doing this because I know I should or saying this because I know I should, but not willing to put in the work, but it hasn't become a deep conviction. When it becomes a deep conviction, that's the thing that drives everything else. And I think when you lead that way, God is going to bless, you know, and, and it may be blessing in other ways. Um, you may have to lose people to gain people, you know, um, you know, and so um, those are some of the things that that I've seen, you know, um, 
shift the mindset of people when this becomes uh, not just what's happening in the culture now, but this becomes, um, I am convicted by all of this. This is disturbing. Um, there is a holy discontent here. And I can't go back to this way of thinking. I can't unsee the scriptures. You know, words are jumping out at me. Scenarios, yeah. things yes. are jumping out at me. I'm reading scripture like I've never seen it before. Um, and, you know, and I think that's that's the thing. So you, you know, keep pushing you know, keep moving, but then also remember those people that can't see that you were also yes. someone that can't see because then sometimes we can have this self-righteous like posture where look at them like, oh, you know, and just, yep. you know, five years ago, like you were the same place, you know, <laughs> so I have to try to remember that, yep. um, you yep. know, and, and the way that you all, and in like any discipleship, which, which you're discipling people into. And I saw this, um, I saw this other thing where it was saying, it's cut, you know, people say, well, talking about race, you know, makes you more racist. And, you know, all we're doing is creating more division. Um, but do we say that about any other sin? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, so is talking about lying going to create more liars? Like, no, you know, it's ridiculous. You know, like, so, so think about that. Like, it, the arguments really make no sense, especially when you say, okay, you know, this is all sin, you know? Um, and so, okay, so if you're saying that, then how do we deal with sin? You know? <laughs> and so I think that's just, imp that's really important. Um, for that, uh, Mariah. So you know, um, you know, I know this has been this group has been a respite for people. Um, and and when I hear these stories, I'm like, you know, as people like yourselves, this is why we do what we do the way we do it. You know, um, for people to to get it and to start that journey because the lives that you are touching, the people that you are affirming. Um, that is going to go on like you there there's there's someone that's going to be touching your church or learn something from something from their church that they may teach their children that they may teach their community like the gift of this continues to reproduce itself and to really change the communities that we're intersecting with like you guys are in Ben Vancouver, Washington. Like, I mean, I just recently yeah. found out that it wasn't Canada. No. <laughs> yeah, very common. Ago, very common. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just saying, you know, I, I, you know, I spoke to a pastor from North Dakota. I was like, I don't know anyone from North Dakota. Like, you know, and I'm like, this yeah. stuff is is happening. That God is at work and God is yes. moving. So and good. God has his people. And I just, my heart grows out to people who will miss this, that people who are blinded. But I think one of the things I was just talking to a friend is that we're seeing this is definitely spiritual blindness, you know, where um, even some of the arguments you see, like this is like people can't see. So it almost, you almost have to have like this empathy also, but I'm glad it's people like yourselves that are on the front lines of this, that are, you know, um, digging in and doing some of the hard work so that, you know, people like Mariah and myself, like, you know, BIPOC people, people of color are not having to 
do all of this, you know? Um, you know, we, I love it when white people handle white people. That's you right. Know? We learned that <laughs> from you guys. White people, real. talk to your white people. Yeah, talk to your people. Seriously. <laughs> I get people all the time. I tell Elizabeth, who works with us, I'm like, Elizabeth, get your people. <laughs> She's like, okay, okay, what, what they doing? Them. What they doing now, you know? <laughs> I mean, you know, in this work, sometimes you have to laugh. You know, sometimes it keep them crying in this, you sure. know, and but learning, you know, a lot of people say, Tasha, you're the most optimistic person <laughs> that I know. You are so hopeful. You are so <laughs> I said, I have to be hopeful yep. to stay the course, you know, yeah. and and that hope isn't necessarily in people, but it's what God does through people and seeing what God is doing in your hearts. Um, seeing how God, you know, has used Mariah to step up and, and, and do this, 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 this work within Be the Bridge, um, that gives me hope, you know, that lets me know that we're not going to convince everyone. We're not going to convince everyone. I know that. I wish we could. We're not going to convince everyone. Jesus didn't convince everyone, you know, Paul didn't convince everyone. You know, right. um, Timothy didn't convince everyone. You know, <laughs> Stephen, I mean, look what they did to Stephen. You know right, what I'm exactly. saying? Like, yeah. You know? Oh, so, no. Like, no, Stephen, and he was still, still lighting them up as they were throwing. <laughs> and he was still, uh, you know, bringing it down. I see the Lord, you know. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and they, exactly. You know, but when you think about that. And so I'm like, I know it's not going to be everyone, but it's going to be a remnant. And. We're here because of a faithful twelve. I think about that. This thing started with with twelve, and 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 here we are on, in a different continent. You know, talking about the message of Jesus, and so um, we just keep going and pushing, and knowing that it's going to be hard, and um, doing this not for our glory, but God's glory, and. Um, you know, so this is the these are the conversations that give me hope. So I hope that someone that's out there listening, um, that they would hear this and they would want to lean into the conversation. Now, this is the thing. This is not a group. If you're trying to come in here and try to say there's no systemic racism, this is not a group for you. Be the bridge is not for you. We want yeah. you to do some other work on the other side of this first. <laughs> uh, but once you come to that acknowledgement where you know what? Oh my goodness, I never saw this before. Yeah. Then we got something to work with, you know. Yeah. And so this is for those who, you know, need that need that courageous space, that brave space to um dig a little deeper and then also um be in alignment with people who are doing some of the same things that you're doing, where pastors can support other pastors and churches can support churches and leaders can support leaders in this work. Um, when you know that you're not alone, um, I know that there's a guy um, that's in the group, he's like from New Zealand, that found comfort and help and support in this ministry group to be able to do what he's doing in New Zealand, y'all. Because he's able to connect and say, I'm not alone in this. And so, you know, that's what I hope our environments create is to let people know that um, this is a community and you're not alone in this. And so, Mariah, what, um, you know, what do you, someone's listening to this now, you know, uh, why should they um, be a part of this conversation? And why do you feel like, um, churches um, and pastors 
should continue to lead lean into this conversation, even if they're getting the pushback? I think it, one of the things that in ministry is, especially if you're on staff or you're a senior leadership, is you ultimately have the accountability um, for the direction of the church and what the church is representing. Um, maybe not the broader church, but your individual congregation. And so we do need this. This isn't just a, an individual process. We do need our leadership to be able to come forward into this very awkward conversation. I mean, no one is saying that this conversation is is not awkward and comfortable. And but we need pastor pastoral leaders to really take this on. And the ones who who get it right, you know, Brian and Annie are representation of of this, of this group and so many in here and so many across the, the U S and I keep volunteering to go to New Zealand to, to visit our pastor there, but no one's taking me up on that yet. Um, and so go. we are going to go, we, we're going to go with you. I mean, I, hey, I, I want to get in on this. I said, hand, you know, <laughs> feet on the ground. We need to make sure everything's going well in New Zealand. Yeah. We need um, to check it out. <laughs> and so I, this is, it, it's my heart and my passion for the, the church mm. to take on a rightful place in this conversation and not be reactive, but be proactive because this is such gospel work and we know this. And so this group is for specifically for those who want to take that hard conversation forward. It's definitely not for those who are going to come in and cause division. Cause I, I've just made that very clear from the get go. We've, we've set that up to where this will not be the group for you. And, and, and we're fine with you leaving this group. If, if that's division is going to be, caused and it hasn't. I mean, I think that the the remnant, which I think is really important to focus on, is I would take that 50. I mean, if it would have just been that 50, I would have been so excited about that because in church work, even though so many churches do focus on numbers, it really is about the faithful. And so the same goes with this this group, you know, even the group with Be the Bridge, we don't, Tasha does not focus on numbers. You know, she does not, like, like she, she has been very adamant about closing that group up at 10,000, at 5,000, at, you know, and they said 20,000, we got to cut it off. I'm like, well, there's still people coming in. She's like, we got, that's it. You know, we're, we're <laughs> now at, I'm saying 100,000. At 100,000, we are turning this thing off. So, because of your compassion, honestly, <laughs> that's yeah, so that's right. helpful to us. Yes. Yeah. It is. And we, I think one of the things that is just on the heart for us is, especially since we're foundationally just very Christian, um, you know, our leadership, our people of faith. And that is something that we, we recognize that is the, the foundation of this work for us. And so for our leaders in those spaces to come alongside and to say, I also need to lead in this space is the ultimate encouragement for, for us. And for me, you know, being in this group and seeing the faces and seeing where they are. And we've got, you know, we have people all over the place that are in this group and they're learning and they're making mistakes too, but they're learning and they're reaching out and they're sharing, you know, articles that, you know, touch them or books. And I'm seeing them now kind of be a little bit more active in the main group, just a little bit, um, which is always, you know, also encouraging because that is like your congregation kind of setting, you know, these are the people that you are leading. So I just think it's an encouraging space in, in number is, is great, but 
just the the mindset that has developed in there that is so spirit led. And I think that's really one of the things I can recognize the most is that the spirit is just within that group, you know, guiding these people because it could have just been a dumpster fire in this group to have people from across denominations. I mean, we have rabbis in this group, you know, so we have people from all over, um, you know, the religious spectrum and, but we're coming together in this unified way that is, that is so Christ-based and I think that's what's important. And I would take the remnant over the multitude any day of the week. And I think that's how things start. And I think if we can just have these churches, no matter what size, no matter what location they're in, where they are regionally, denominationally, to be able to take that step forward and to recognize that the church should be leading in this in this conversation instead of reacting to the society that's putting the pressure on them, but recognize our role in this and be able to move forward as the church is my goal, you know, within, within this space to be able to have this happen no matter how long it takes. And just seeing these little movements forward, just like, you know, with your lived experience that you're sharing with us today is so encouraging. Um, it lets us know that we are also on the right track and we are, yeah. you know, we can do some tweaks here and there, but um, the work is, is doing a good thing. So, yeah. And we're also um, one of the, I think another tool that's going to be really helpful for um, this ministry group is the Be The Bridge book is being made into a, um, a curriculum, you know, and so, um, uh, you know, a gospel centered curriculum. And so I think that's going to be another tool for um, the church, you know, um, as we, as we move forward. And I know um, God will, use us to kind of help, um, you know, um, in this space, because it is definitely um, dear to our hearts with Mariah um, in this space and currently in this space, um, you know, and then also me having um, birth be the bridge out of the church, you know? I mean, this is everything like, you know, if it wasn't for my work, in the church, I, I wouldn't be doing this, you know? And so, um, so yeah, so it's good to be able to, um, to continue this work of, um, discipleship and formation, you know, which I think this is, you know, and just think about that with anything that we're discipling yes. <laughs> people through and, and all of that. So, yeah. We so. have, we have like seriously thought of you as our discipler. Yeah. Latasha. <laughs> and as we've as yeah. we've read through your book, we were like, what can we learn from this person discipling us? And then when we started our own Be the Bridge group, we said, Hey everybody, kind of like what you guys are saying. Like we said, we're not gonna argue. We are gonna listen to what this woman is saying and we are going to learn from her. And if you mm -hmm. don't want to do that, that's okay. This is not the group for you. Uh -huh. But we are being discipled by Latasha Morrison. If you would like to do that with us, come do that with us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really I you're, like, like, you're pastoring us. It's really, oh, really great. That's so good. Yeah. That yeah. is so good. I'm grateful for that. And um I'll just re remember you guys um, all as I am embarking through seminary. So, <laughs> wow, really? Congratulations! Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, exciting. Yeah. So um, it starts this month. Wow, wow, and um, it's going to be good. That's great. <laughs> it's going to be good. So that's yeah. really cool. Yeah, get my master's in theology. Awesome. Right 
Right on. Oh, wait a minute. I meant to stop recording. <laughs> hey, Trayvon, cut that out. She's like, delete, delete that part. Delete, delete, delete. But thank you guys so much for um, joining us today. Mariah, thank you for all the work that you're doing. Yes, and, you. Um, you know, and, you know, hey, as people, uh, we want other people to step up in that group and help you, you know, because the one thing I said, it takes a team, you yeah. know, <laughs> to do all of these things. And so we're grateful that you guys are there and it's nice to meet you. So if I'm ever back <laughs> on that side of the country again, yeah. you know, um, I will make sure that I know that Vancouver, Washington is just over the bridge. <laughs> the street. I will. I will. I will come meet you for coffee. Okay. I will buy you coffee. <laughs> yes. And so we will have to uh, to do that. And I think um, I've, I've been to Washington. Um, oh, I was in Washington when um, when I, we were doing some things with Facebook. Um, mm-hmm. I, I was actually in Washington before. So I've been to Washington State, I think, twice. Um, I can't remember. I think I was in Seattle, though. How far? Yeah, are you probably from Seattle? Seattle. Yeah, that's We're like that far two and a half there? hours from Seattle. Oh yeah. Oh wow. You see, I am horrible. Which <laughs> I'm like, okay. So how are you closer to Oregon? <laughs> yeah, we are. We're, but it was beautiful. Five minutes beautiful. from Oregon. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It was beautiful up that way. So um, yeah. thank you guys so much for joining us. Thank you for um, continuing to lean into this converse- conversation and um, continue to do this good work. Continue to do this work, good work. Continue to push. And I, it, it's, it's great that you guys have each other and you have other people on your staff that are are, are thinking the same way. I think that's key um, to doing that. And the other thing is also key is getting your um, board or your, um, you know, um, all your elders to think in the same way. Um, so think about that as it relates to leadership in the church. As you change, make sure that that shift happens all the way up the ladder because sometimes I see, you know, pastors really doing this and then, you know, elders get involved and, you know, and it just goes, it, be, it can become messy. So I'm praying um, for you guys as you do this um, that um, everyone, you know, um, that sits in power would be able to 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 hear um and to receive and that um God would what you've lost um that you would gain you know um so that is my prayer for you today um Mariah thank you so much you have any parting words no i i just i i'm excited for you guys i um you know i was when tosh was like hey you know who who in the ministry group is you know who can we talk to and it's like well brian you know, because we did, we did recommend him for the, um, you know, Wall Street Journal article about the one year post um, George okay. Floyd. And uh, they wanted to talk to Be the Bridge. And, um, and it's like, oh, yeah, and Annie's in there, you know. And so I thought that was really important. We have several people in there who have staff that are in there. Yeah. Um, but I think that's so important because if I think you see the difference between those pastors who are alone in this work and those who have brought their staff in mm, and so they're taking it on as a, as a group within their church, which is important. And as opposed to like that one voice in their, yeah. in their church is very difficult. So, um, and staff yeah. that has your back where they're yes. like, Hey, listen, you need to go uncheck that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I did notice you like that. And I was like, maybe he's just one of those people who likes it just to acknowledge that it exists. No. 
He's not one of those people. That's why I knew it was a mistake. I was like, I just, I was like, I would have hacked your Facebook to unlike it. Like that's how panicked I was. That is so funny. Well, you keep looking out, Annie. I know. She's like the and mom Brian, of the you group. make sure you read the full context. I know. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, well, you uh. guys. Now that I know that you did that, I'll have to comment and be like, hey, Brian, this is not a likable. This is not a likable right, comment. Right. You can it's tell so him. He'll be funny. like, oh, shoot, I read that wrong. <laughs> but you can, it can happen. It can yeah. happen. Sometimes yes, I've done that. Like you re- you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Like, yeah, yeah so that happens. And so, hey, that's the thing. You're going to mess up. And so we have to give um, space for the mess ups. And so um, it takes a special person to um, disciple a group like we have and um, and, and in the ministry group. And so, Mariah, we're thankful for you, too. And um, we're thankful thankful as Be The Bridge that we can continue to create resources and spaces uh, for people to grow um, um, toward the work of um, racial justice, racial equity and racial reconciliation. So thank you for joining us on the Be The Bridge podcast. Um, Thanks for having us. Yes, and so um, you can find us on all the social media channels and um, you guys have a great remainder of the day. Go to the donors table if you'd like to hear the unedited version of this podcast. Thanks for listening to the Be The Bridge podcast. To find out more about the Be The Bridge organization and or to become a bridge builder in your community, go to bethebridge.com. Again, that's bethebridge.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, remember to rate and review it on this platform and share it with as many people as you possibly can. You can also connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Today's show was edited, recorded, and produced by Trayvon Potts at Integrated Entertainment Studios in Metro Atlanta, Georgia. The host and executive producer is Latasha Morrison. Lauren C. Brown is the senior producer and transcribed by Sarah Conitzer. Please join us next time. This has been a Be The Bridge production.